it was like fitting. It's like the intro because that I felt like that needed to be out of the way um, so you can receive exactly what it says, the anointing of the oil of joy. Hallelujah. We have something to be excited about. I'm blessed this morning. I don't know about you, but I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. Y'all just give me the go-ahead, and then I will move. All right. Thank you, Lord. You can keep it low. I like it like that. Thank you, Lord. So I'm going to put my glasses on so I can see. So I come this morning to bring a prophetic message for divine generation this afternoon. And I trust that this encounter will change our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. So let us call on the Father who hears, the Father who is able to give beauty for ashes and joy for mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So, Father, we ask you to reveal your love once again. Grant us grace to joy in all that you made us to become. We give you praise this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It was so befitting to hear because I felt the heaviness when I came in. Um, and I was like, okay, Father, this makes sense because I couldn't really, he'd been giving me this. I was like, what is this with oil? And and I knew it was something with anointing and I knew it was something with oil, but I didn't understand what that really meant. And then he started dealing with joy. Well, you know, sometimes when you come here, to me, I feel the presence of God every time I walk in. But the Lord said, this is word, this word is for now and moving forward. So I'm going to try to break this down the best way I can, so bear with me. And then when I'm done with breaking it down, then I will have a prophetic word for the whole church. And then I'm going to ask um, Pastor Cindy to come and help me at the end, and I will have everybody to come up to the altar so you can get anointed for the oil of joy. So when I'm done, you'll understand what that means. Amen. So we're going to start um, with the King James Version. We're going to come starting off with Proverbs 17, 22. Um, I remember when my nephew passed away, um, it was interesting that the Lord brought this scripture back because really I think that was the last time I really looked at it. And um, they wanted me to say a scripture um, to represent him. And my nephew Michael, he was... And he was just a happy person. And so I said, Lord, well, what scripture would you use to describe Michael? And he gave me this one. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. <laughs> so that scripture kind of went twofold because... My nephew, Michael, he was known to make you laugh. 
I mean, he will do something just to put a smile on your face. But the sad part about that, that was the first half because he'll make you laugh, right? But it said, a broken spirit dryeth the bones. But deep down, he had a broken spirit. So my nephew didn't make it in. Because he was torn between, is Christ really real? Is there a God? And I don't know where this really came from because he wasn't taught that way. So, but even when you see him, he will make you laugh. So I wanted to say a broken spirit not corrected can be detrimental to your walk in the Lord. So, as I was studying this scripture, I thought this was a very powerful revelation. Because a merry heart, if you think about it, it can mean joyful or happy, glad. It's very therapeutic. It is an advantage to your life. A merry heart can be an advantage to your life or an advantage to your Christian experience. You can put it in a mind or it can be similar to like medicine that a doctor would give to a patient. Solomon in this passage of scripture is talking about strength. He is talking about validity. He is saying when a man's heart is married, it is able to supply strength. The same as a doctor prescribing medicine to a sick person. So we're going to look at the next part of that because it says... He said, a broken spirit can dry the bones. That means something can start from the realm of the spirit and can affect you physically. Did you get that? Something that can start from the realm of the spirit can affect you physically. Depression can start from the realm of the spirit and it can dry you up physically. And you can, bend, you can be, start to wither just like the tree that Jesus cursed. The Bible is saying that, this, that something about the merry heart at that moment has been detached from your life. Something triggered that you lost your happiness and you lost your joy. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. That comes from Proverbs 18, 14. Think about that. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. So this is saying that no man on earth has the ability to sustain indefinitely a broken or wounded spirit. But I want you to please follow me. 
because this is a very ser- serious diagnosis. I noticed God was saying in relation to man. This man is bringing dimensions. They are saying something about the absence of joy that can lead that man to death. And you see, I just started, when I started this off, I was telling you about my nephew. And so him not, him losing that joy, it caused death to come to him. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all bear with me because every time I think about that, it does something to me. So let's look at Psalms 45, 6 and 7. King James Version. It said, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of thy kingdom is a right scepter. Thou lovest righteousness and hatest wickedness. Therefore, thy God has anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Again, you could say the oil of joy the oil of gladness. Remember, he is talking about ownership and longevity of dominion and that your scope of your dominion is everlasting and the mystery behind it is the oil that is in place upon your life, which he uses as the oil of gladness. Because he said here, because you have love righteousness, and hated, he said, the oil I have given you sets you above thy fellows. The oil of gladness. That's why we really shouldn't have a reason to walk around here sad and, and tormented and down. He tell you if, you, if you love righteousness, if you love righteousness, and you hate sin? He said he anoints you with the oil that will set you above others. Hallelujah. Let's look at Isaiah 61, 1 through 6. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prisons to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord in the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, here we go again, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. That right there is all the steps you need to walk in anointing. He give it to you. He tells you, 
What he say? Preach good tidings unto the meek. Bind up the brokenhearted. Reclaim the liberty to the captives. Opening up the prison of them that are bound. That prison don't necessarily have to be the literal prison. It can be the prison that's in your mind. It says to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God and to comfort who all that mourn. Thank you, Jesus. And he said when you do this, he would do what? He would give you beauty for your ashes and the oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. This how right here is how you get the glory of God. Thank you, Jesus. Joy is the revelation of the dealings with God and man that very people, very few people have understood this, that joy is a very important thing in the kingdom of God. It's very important. The mystery and the role that joy plays is granting that a believer walks in the experience of victory. Did you hear that? Joy is the mystery and the role it plays is granting that a believer walk and experience victory. Joy is a requirement to get the intervention in a man's life. It is not faith. It is not prayer. Joy is the principal requirement. If a man will experience, and this is from Philippians 4 and 4, we're going to get to it. Say, if a man will experience the hand of God, the Bible tells us, according to Philippians 4 and 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. It says here to rejoice always. It never said that we should rejoice in results. Did you hear that? You're supposed to always rejoice, but not in your results. We should be rejoicing in, the, in our God, our Father, our of salvation. That's who we should be rejoicing in. Let's take a look at James 1, 2, and 3. It says, my brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into what? Diverse temptations, knowing this that the trying of your faith worketh patient. He is saying, count it all joy, brothers. He was mentoring the believers right here. Thank you, Jesus. He said, count it all joy. He didn't say count it all loss. Count it all joy. When you fall into diverse temptations, that means count on it. Record it. Express your joy in the midst of it. Regardless of what you're going through, you have to count it all joy. You should be rejoicing in the midst of it. But however, I believe the revelation is in verse 3. It says, knowing this, knowing this, it says, that knowing this, it sticks out. That tells me that it must be something you must know for your joy to be there. It's a mystery behind that. It's something we must know for our joy to be there. You are privy to any information that keeps you consistent to get results. 
Knowing this, he said, there is something that I must know that will help me from being unbendable. Amen? So we say, why should I stay? These are questions we may ask ourselves. Why should I stay in the midst of pain and still rejoice? Why should I lose a loved one and still rejoice? Why should I stand against obvious shame and disappointment and still rejoice? We go back to what it said. It said, in knowing this, there are things we know or things we may not know, but we are privy to this information, but all things can work together for what? For them that love the Lord and those who are called according to his purpose. It is natural for a man to mourn. It's natural for us to do that. But Jesus himself, he wept. He wept at funerals. He even got angry when the tree didn't produce fruit, didn't he not? (laughs) People can get mad. They can weep. But the Father is teaching us a lesson that a believer can stand. You can posture yourself. This is what God is letting us know. You can posture yourself because you, as the believer, he wants you to realize that there's a revelation in this. You were always meant to win. You're not just called to win some battles of your life. But you will find yourself consistently having victories in his kingdom if you follow these principles that I gave you today. This is what the Bible calls the oil of joy. You have been anointed to be joyful. Think about that. You have been anointed to be joyful. Joy is not something us as people and humans can do all the time. We just don't do it all the time. It is not given to, for a man to be consistent regardless of circumstances. The reality of our humanity does not allow us to be merry or joyful all the time. When you stand in pain or in the midst of fire, the Bible testified that you are not normal. That when We see something that gladdens our heart, we rejoice. And when we see something that causes us pain, we don't rejoice. We just try to follow through the best that we can. When a believer remains consistent, regardless of our results, the Bible says that there is a grace that causes the consistency. It is called the oil of joy. Y'all with me? The throne of God is forever. God has anointed you with the oil of joy that lift you up over your fellows. Joy is the requirement for a supernatural invention, intervention. God the Father does not intervene because he is God. There is a requirement. There is a mandate. And it allows his presence to come. And that requirement is the anointing for the oil of joy. 
You cannot have, you can just cannot have, not have oil and think that things are going to be good in your life, that you're going to have victories because you're not going to have it because you have to meet that requirement. It's a requirement from the kingdom. So I'm going to talk about a little bit um, Paul and Silas. Y'all remember in the Bible when they was in jail and they was held bound by their hands and feet and so much so that um, they were going through at that time a lot of hell and pain and, and they had no reason even to pray actually but the Bible said at midnight the Bible said at midnight they knew to get God to intervene they must engage the principle of the oil of joy. Thank you, Jesus. Because the Bible said Paul and Silas, they prayed and they rejoiced in the midst of what was going on. I need y'all to remember that the law of the kingdom is that that joy is guaranteed when you use it to produce a harvest for you. If you, pl- if you plant a seed, imagine planting the seed and having the soil of joy around it. It's going to produce a beautiful harvest. But if you plant that seed and brokenness is around it, what harvest do you think you're going to get back? Amen? I hope I'm doing a a good job trying to convey this to you all. When we going through a prison time, like if you think about Paul and Silas, they began to rejoice. And when they was rejoicing, the earthquake came and their chains fell off. So much so that the jailer wanted to kill himself. But they let him know, you don't have to do that. And I think we all have prisons in our mind and in our life that we live in. But we don't need to talk about the prison. We need to talk about Yahshua, the God of our salvation. He can show up and bring salvation and save from the uttermost. Amen. So I want to turn to my last scripture here. And we're going to look at Nehemiah 8.10. But I really want to focus on the end of the scripture where it said, Neither be ye sorry, but the joy of the Lord is your strength. Neither be sorrowful. It is a way out of that tragedy you're going through. It's a way out of that situation that you're in. In this kingdom, your strength is your joy. Paul prayed a prayer that believers strengthen their inner man. The joy of the Lord provides strength. What is strength? Strength is stamina. The Bible says that the people who know their father shall be strong. There are times when the battles of life 
are not one overnight. Sometimes you have to wait. It takes strength to wait. Waiting is the hardest thing for a believer, believe it or not. We think it's prayer. We think it's fasting. And amen, that gets hard. I know we just came off a seven-day fast, and I know, Divine, y'all just started one, right? (laughs) But that's not the hardest thing for a believer. The hardest thing for a believer is waiting. It's something when you're waiting, and five minutes before your breakthrough, when it looked like it's not going to happen for you, it takes stamina and it takes time in the spirit to remain faithful when the ministry or your business is not growing and you made investments and everything, (laughs) but still you're not getting results from it. Or when you've been praying for that husband or wife that you're separated from to come back and you're trying to believe the Lord, hey, when is this going to happen? It takes strength and stamina. When you need to have that rent money and you believe in God and you don't have a dime to your name, and you try to believe him on it. You got you trying to, Lord, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I mean, I got to have this thing at 12 o'clock noon. And it's 7 a.m. Waiting. Takes stamina. <laughs> and sometimes... Waiting, it takes so long, you feel like giving up. But if you remember that the joy of the Lord is based on the revelation that God has anointed you with the oil of joy, that's a requirement. I feel the peace of God in here. I just feel so laid and so, because he needs you to know There is nothing your heavenly father will not do for you. But in these last days, along with your praying, along with your fasting, you need to be anointed with the oil of joy. When it get hard, it's okay to cry while you praising him. Amen. I've been there. I'm like, Lord, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to praise you anyhow. I'm going to rejoice in you anyhow. I don't care what they say about me. I'm going to praise you. When you don't know what it looked like, I'm going to praise you because he's promised to be faithful to his children. How many of you want to be anointed with oil today? I can't hear you. Y'all believe it or not, I'm I'm really finished, but I'm finna get his prophetic word. But you got to stand up to receive.
the word from the Lord. This word that I received was specifically for divine generation. I hear the spirit of the Lord saying, you have been through the fire and now you will come forth as gold. My goodness and blessings are about to double. Get ready for a fresh revelation concerning your kingdom assignment. I am calling you divine generation into a deeper walk with me. In this season, you will know me and be known by me. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty and many works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. I am drawing you nearer to my heart. Jump into it, saith the Lord. For I long to dine with you. Thank you, Jesus. I long to do the divine in your life. Those who move in my power without in intimacy with me will be awakened to return to me. For this is a season of returning to your first love. Remember why you chose to respond to my spirit beckoning you. Everything must flow from me. John 3, 6 says, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. Galatians 5, 16, 25 said, but I say, walk by the spirit. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. If we live by the spirit, let us also walk by the spirit. In this season, divine generation, I am calling you to walk in the spirit, abide in my presence and in my glory. And as you do, I will do a work that changes everything from the inside out. As you abide in me, I will heal your broken heart. I will heal the PTSD. I will deliver you from the trauma. I will heal your wounded soul. Even as you are, even as you are listening to the sound of my voice, my healing oil is being poured over each and every one of your hearts. Put your hands on your heart and receive it right now. For I will soothe you and wipe away every tear. You know, peace 
you will know. Joy, you will know. My everlasting love, you will know. What was stolen from you will be restored 100-fold. I am restoring your innocence. I am restoring your finances. I am restoring your families. As you enthrone me over every principality, I will be exalted above the nations, and my glory will cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. I will release fresh revelation and divine blueprints and lead and guide you into the place and position I have ordained you to walk in, even before you were created. I'm trying to move this out. Hold on. Get ready to experience prosperity in the full measure of that which I have predestined for you to walk in. Strip off the false hum humility. Strip off the false pride and the suffering that you have put upon yourself. For I haven't called you to walk in poverty. I haven't called you to walk in lack. I have called you to walk in a full demonstration of my power with signs, wonders, and miracles. Yes, even financial miracles and angels going before you and bringing you the monies that are owed to you, saith the Lord. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Even those, and this is a Philippians well, let me go. Let me finish this. Even those who stole from you and those that didn't pay you will pay you in this season. Those that did not pay you, God said they will pay you back in this season. He said, I am turning the hearts. Oh, my God, I feel his presence. I am turning the hearts and righting the wrongs from the last season. So those that did you wrong in this last season, those that talked about you, took from you, God say he's turning their hearts. I am doing a new thing. Let go of the past. God say I need you to forgive quickly and start reliving the past. Fix your eyes on what is ahead, says the Spirit of the Lord, because what is coming in the, in the next coming days is much greater than what is behind you. For I am the Lord your God, and I will watch over my word, and surely it shall come to pass. So divine generation, I leave with you this. Philippians 4.4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always, and again, divine generation, I say rejoice. So I will have you all come up. And Cindy and I will lay hands on you for the anointing of joy.